Welcome to Saul Good, episode 12. This is a podcast where I have people that do creative things on, talk about their creative outlets. So, so far we've had people that do things from making TikTok videos to making music to talking about their YouTube careers um, and just any other creative things. You know, if this is you and you're listening and you do something that is creative and you want to come on here and talk about it, let me know. Uh, that's what this platform is for. Uh, this week is a very special episode. Uh, I have a friend who is not an in real life friend, but a YouTube friend on here. And he makes some really, really cool videos. I'm just so excited that he was down to be on. Uh, a few weeks back, uh, probably actually longer than that, I commented on one of his YouTube videos, because I've been commenting on him since he's been making them, and I was like, hey, dude, you'd be down to be on my podcast, and I was just kind of putting that out there, and sure enough, he's nice enough, and he's just so cool, and he was like, dude, I'm down, down to be on, so uh, we recorded a podcast and talked about uh, his YouTube career and a little bit behind the scenes of it, and you might get some information that you may have not otherwise got through his channel or through my channel so um he kind of talks about it gets into some uh you know specifics but then talks about some other fun stuff that have hap- that has happened throughout making videos so hopefully you can use that as inspiration and um yeah i'm just glad it's been probably like at least like a handful of months that I've like had this idea in my head of him being on my podcast, but it wasn't until like kind of recently that I like felt like leaving a comment being like, are you down? So again, just super, super happy that he was down to be on and I won't kill too much more of your t- too much. Whoa. Can't talk. Uh, I won't kill too much more of your time and I'll let you enjoy this episode. Dude, thanks for coming on my podcast. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Uh, so for people listening that don't know who Carter is, uh, I know Carter through YouTube. Uh, he used to make videos with Ryan. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, so I saw him there, and then I came across his channel, and he's absolutely killing it on YouTube. And now we're Thank here you. doing a podcast and going to talk about his adventure on YouTube and talk yeah. about... Uh, Carter and I have talked in the past. It sounds like we both went to film school. So maybe dive into that a little bit. Um, and just yeah. some other, we're just going to shoot the shit. So, um, yeah. with that being said, I guess, first off, let's start, let's start from the top. Um, where are you from? So I grew up in college station, Texas, mm-hmm. which is where, uh, Texas A&M is located. Uh, and I, I've always been a huge like A and M fan, um, and so when it t- when I graduated high school, I had no real idea what I wanted mm-hmm. to do, and I knew that YouTube was something I was passionate about, and I figured rather than make YouTube <laughs> videos, I should go to film school before making YouTube videos. I don't know, and the only reasonable film school in the state of Texas is uh, the University of Texas. Really. So, I uh, yeah so I I uh, spent a year at a um, at a junior college mm-hmm. here and then transferred to UT Austin um, and it's it was a weird transition because like I said I grew up a huge A and M fan and uh, for people that don't know the University of Texas is like our arch nemesis and so <laughs> it was definitely strange I try I came back to College Station most weekends to go to football games so <laughs> I still am very much an A and M fan. <laughs> So, uh, do you think if it weren't for like film school, you might have not like started on YouTube? Um, I think at some point I probably would have. Uh-huh. I think I think uh, I my thing was always I didn't see myself as someone who would do well in front of the camera. Like I same, didn't. Same. I, and I I st- I still don't think that I am like built to be in front of the camera. I think I'm more so built to be the behind the scenes kind of guy but i also recognize that um the only way for me to get to a point where i can be the behind the scenes guy is i need to prove myself with my own channel yeah and so that's kind of what i'm trying to do right now 
maybe eventually start producing. But I think, I think that film school uh, just seemed like a reasonable route from the standpoint of yeah, learn the skills and learn the business because that's what I want to do. I don't necessarily want to be in front of the camera. Right, right. I, I agree with that, I think. Um, I went to, I also went to film school. Um, I went to Columbia College, Chicago, out here. And okay. um, I don't know if you watch, I did a podcast about it, so I don't need to like get into the nitty gritty again of it. But um, it was like a 50-50 experience. I wouldn't like be, I'm not going around telling everyone you have to go. It wasn't like that, um, mm-hmm. for my experience at least. And I think you and I had a similar experience in a way that we both, it seems like we both were able to take some things from it, from what I'm getting from you, at least. Mm. Like I get the, I'm getting the feeling that you probably didn't have like the best experience at your film school either. Um, I wouldn't say it was bad. Like UT. So I, I actually majored in, uh, I got a double major in journalism mm-hmm. and film. And so UT's journalism school at the time I went there was like number two in the nation. Oh wow! And then, and then their film school was like, one of the top uh, state school film programs uh, in the country. Mm-hmm. And so it was like definitely a really good school. And so through that, we got a lot of interesting stuff. Like the year that I, my last year there, I didn't realize it was happening, but I could have been in Ma- Matthew McConaughey's class. Like he taught a class I could have been oh. in. I just didn't even realize he was doing oh. it. Um, and so, so like there was a lot of, it was a very cool experience. I, um, there was a, really successful documentary that was made about uh a lot of people don't know this the university of texas in the late 60s experienced the first mass shooting in u.s history where someone climbed up the uh ut tower and just started picking people off um and uh there was a rotoscope documentary made so if you're not familiar with rotoscoping it's essentially you film um humans doing stuff and then you trace over each individual yep. frame so it's animated. And so they uh, filmed the, a lot of it uh, either around campus or like kind of mm-hmm. uh, without permission around campus and then off campus. So they were able to film it in a way where it looked like it was on campus, but it wasn't. Uh, and, and when that came out, it was like hugely successful. It's called Tower. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, it was shortlisted for an Oscar. But then... I went to the screening of that on campus and the directors were like, we are looking for interns. And I was like, I'll intern. And so I, I applied and interned with them for like two years, turned it, which eventually turned into like more like PA yeah. uh, on, on their most recent film that just premiered at uh, Tribeca film. Oh, Festival. wow. So uh, cool. And so, and so I think my experience at UT was good from that standpoint of like, there was a lot of really cool experiences, and it was definitely a premier uh, program. Right. I think that I think that also um, I maybe didn't take advantage of it as much as I could have, mm-hmm. uh, just because I didn't really see myself fitting into the film community. I right. guess on campus right. because everybody there was like, "I want to make like big." movies or like they wanted to like immediately out of in college be like producing movies and in my mind i was like that's just not realistic (laughs) like i want i want to to i eventually that's that's what i want to do but like i want to do a more realistic approach to it which is uh take maybe the documentary route or the youtube route and then eventually foray that into uh film production so yeah yeah that was kind of my experience yeah that makes sense that makes sense i mean i feel like that's like a pretty normal experience at like a film school too a lot of people do i i noticed the same thing too at columbia there's maybe not as many as you experienced but i definitely like at least knew a handful of people at mine that were like they just want to go zero to a hundred like that and they're yeah and i don't know about you but like those people for me they always had like their dad or like their mom that like made this big film that everyone knew about. So they were like, oh, I know my dad, so I can do it next. And it always, like, I don't know, I'm going to be honest, like, it scared me a little bit, too. I was like, I don't know, I I just don't see how that's realistic either. And that's kind of, I feel like I started working on, uh, you said you did PA work on that, on those films, Mm -hmm. right? So I, I, like, worked Mm -hmm. on Shameless, if you know that show. Um, I was doing PA work uh, on that in Chicago. So it's really cool to hear that you did PA work as well. 
Um, yeah, I I would love to do more, but it's like there's not much around <laughs> here. And Austin, Austin's kind of it has a small film scene, and it it's growing back to where it, it was before, but it yeah. it's taken a big hit in the in recent years. Um, right, because. I mean, like, places like Atlanta and stuff have kind of... The films that would have filmed in Austin at one point are now filming in Atlanta. And so it's more of, like, a small indie market. Oh. Uh, Yeah. So what is it like out there for you right now, like, your experience in, like, in the film world? Because I guess I didn't ask you that. So you're, like, obviously, like, doing YouTube, but um, I don't know, like, what... Is is that your, like, main job outside of YouTube? Are you, like, a gig, gig worker? So you're going from gig to gig? Or are you, like, what are you doing? Yeah, um, I was working for Ryan, and then I just kind of decided that, like, I I wanted to start my own thing, and I didn't, I, I felt like it was just a good time to do it. He was switching trajectories with his channel, um, and I just felt like if I didn't do it now, then... Uh, that when I would be looking back in 30 years and be like still working for Ryan right. and be like, I, I wish I had tried it back then. Feel that. Um, and so I quit working for Ryan, uh, moved back in with my parents <laughs> and, uh, and basically just trying full time. It's a lot of like sitting in front of my computer for hours, trying to think of ideas. <laughs> Cause like college station is not necessarily the most, um, in inspiring place to to film right I'm figuring right out. right yeah. and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on because i've seen a lot i want to talk about like, all your videos i want to have you take me through a couple of them later on um yeah. but yeah that's i guess like so you, you say you spent like a lot of hours like trying to figure stuff out too like what what is it like trying to get gigs or like trying to work in like the film world out there like are you like for me at least like out here it's like you have to know people like way on people to text you or there's like i'm in like a group chat where pa work is just tossed out people are like hey this mm-hmm. is in atlanta this is in chicago and it's just it's just a casual talk but it might be different out there for you like i feel like it's knowing people and maybe it's the same out there too yeah i think it's the same i honestly haven't really after working for I I immediately out of college started working for Ryan. I did that for about a year. Oh, wow. And then uh, and then uh, immediately after that was like I'm gonna try and go full in on my YouTube channel. So I haven't actually experienced the uh, PA market mm-hmm. or like what it's like to try and get gigs mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I imagine it's very similar mm-hmm. in terms of like you. It's about having connections or like building connections especially in a small place like austin yeah. like i know in like la you could do the thing where you like get a job as like a mailroom yeah. worker and then like befriend the <laughs> person and get a pa job that way and like austin there's just not uh a market for that right so, yeah. right so is that but that's like the ultimate direction that you're headed in the long run from what i'm getting from you is like you're gonna do youtube and then behind the scenes work on this film like career i guess right um, or is YouTube the direction? I think, I think YouTube is the main direction cool. right now. I think, I think, uh, ideally, I would start on. I would continue YouTube and then grow it as a as a production company. So I think like you look at um, like some good examples of people that have scaled. I would think are like like Mr. B scaled yeah, obviously. Yeah. So he has like a team of people, but um, that. Uh, what's the the hacksmith oh, yeah, guy yeah. who does the like, houses the, like he has the like underground a t- houses, yeah he has yeah. like a, he has like uh no 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 that's Colin Furs the hacksmith guy is the one that does um like uh he built like a real life light oh that guy yeah 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 and, like, okay yeah so he has like a full team of engineers working for him and stuff and so like I don't I see myself going more of like a maker route and okay so it's more so like uh I'm not like engineering stuff but I'm like making stuff uh and so I think having a the dream would be to be able to branch out and have like a team that you can then monetize. And so like you do a video where you're making, um, the whole video is about you designing and making insert item. And then you then next week are selling it on your website. Right. Um, And so I think figuring like the goal, I dream goal would be to get to a place where I can build out the YouTube channel where it's still like a maker YouTube channel, but I'm able to monetize in that direction Mm -hmm. because that's not really something I've seen done. And I think it's it's a pretty untapped market. 
um, market, especially like you've seen it. I've seen it done in podcasts. Um, mon- uh, uh, money, money, Planet Money mm-hmm. did it where they uh, followed the production of a shirt from beginning to end, and then at the end you were able to buy the shirt. Right. And so um, I think it's it's an interesting concept, uh, and it's something I'd like to explore in the future dream world yeah i mean yeah. dude it sounds like you're pretty dedicated to it i mean i'm i don't i'm not doubt i for sure think you can get there with it like from what i've seen like your your videos are like you're on a roll <laughs> so i i, I see it. where you're headed yeah. with that um yeah. and not not to take a step backward but let's for people that don't know who ryan is because i think there's a lot of people that listen to this that mm-hmm. don't have any idea <laughs> um so first off i guess how i know who ryan is um I know of Ryan through Danny because I was watching his videos and I found Ryan mm-hmm. in one of Danny's videos. Um, and so I actually went to high school with Danny. So that was, I just like one day saw, someone told me he was a Viner. So I went from his, I saw like his Vine or something. Then I saw his YouTube and then I, he saw like a few videos later, he made that video with Ryan. And then I was like, oh, Ryan's a cool guy. So I subscribed to Ryan and then I saw the videos. He was making, like, commentary videos at the time that I subscribed to him. Um, yeah. And I think he was holding on to that for a while until recently when he changed direction. So I just, like, mm-hmm. it just became, like, a habit of mine. Like, I whenever he posts a new video, like, I just watched his underwater video the other day. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just, like, a thing I do. But I, how do you – you guys know each other, I assume, because the same state or you went to the same school? Or how do you guys know each other? So. So he went to Texas A&M on a track scholarship, and then he left after his first year, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, because the NCAA was like, you can't have a YouTube channel and a scholarship. What? Uh, And that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of his initial uh, claim to fame was uh, he got, he was was on like ESPN and stuff and uh, got verified off that, I think. Whoa. um, And so, so then, and he was... Uh, and so I was aware of him because I lived in College Station and I was aware of him. And so I, gra- I, I was a month away from graduating from college four years later. And he posted on um, Instagram that he was looking for an operations manager. Mm-hmm. And he was living in Austin at the time. And so I was like, well, I might as well apply. So I applied uh, and uh, got it. Mostly oh, wow. because I think, I think what a lot of people don't realize is when these YouTubers put out uh calls for like employees because i was there i was i did it several times when i was working for ryan uh 99.999 of the applicants are like unusable yeah Um, because it's just like random kids that are like yeah i could be (laughs) an operations manager without any real idea of what it means um and so yeah that's kind of how i i met ryan oh Um, wow that's cool i i was the whole time i was like the way you guys like interact with each other on the internet and like in videos, I was like, these two grew up together. I I don't even need to ask. Like they grew up together. Like yeah. it's yeah. it was just like it the way you guys uh, just interact with each other just seems so natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think the other thing that worked really well for us is like um, I when I first started getting put in his videos, mm-hmm. um, I knew that I needed to build some kind of persona in order to fill that gap within the video. Cause I can't, it can't just be another Ryan in the video. Right. Um, and so I think I realized early on that like Ryan can be the straight man. And then I can be the, the goofy dumb sidekick to his yeah, straight man. Yeah. Um, and it, because that's like a, a classic film TV. Trip. It is. Uh, and so I knew, I knew it worked. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of the direction I went with that. Um, and it, it, I think it worked pretty I well. I think so too. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Can we talk? Let's, let's do this. Let's talk about a couple of the videos you've done with him. There's, there's been some that are, they're just so damn funny. There's this, uh, the one that I cannot get out of my head. I will never forget this one is the eyebrows one with the car. Uh, that video is a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't realize we, that was my third time getting my eyebrows waxed. Uh, because <laughs> we had we had rented out a a drag strip at one point Uh or like the parking lot of a drag strip and so we were um it's the same place we filmed the giant jenga video oh yeah i Uh, saw that yeah and so like a couple weeks later we were like we'll rent it out again and we'll try we were gonna film a video where it was like 
who can make the best TikTok with pulling stuff. And so like I had like made like all this stuff for us to try and pull. I had made like a kite for us to pull. I had a giant kite. I had made um, a mechanism to be able to pull a tablecloth out from a table. Holy cow. Um, uh, I, uh, it's similar to the one I used in my video. Uh, and then uh, for Cheyenne's, the idea was like we each make TikToks and whoever gets the most views <laughs> wins. Okay. Um, but it, it just, it was so incredibly windy and it just didn't, we ended up not using it. Right. But in that video, I like w- did the same bit where I like wax my eyebrows <laughs> off. Um, uh, and so, yeah. So I, I did it for a video that never even got published. But yeah. You know, what happens when you go out in public and your eyebrows are waxed? Yeah. Uh, luckily it was, I want to say it was in the midst of COVID. Okay. We had all isolated, we had all isolated together. And so we determined that like this was, we were filming together because I lived in the house that was our office. Uh, and so like we, it was like a pod, but the, we determined the, the, um, drag strip was a a good video to make because it didn't require us to like be in a place with a bunch of people. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so I, I think I, I was able to like wear a mask and a hat and like, it's not like people <laughs> like notice me or anything. Yeah. Oh my. And luckily my eyebrows are naturally pretty fair. And yeah. So it, it didn't really show too much. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's pretty funny. What was, uh, <laughs> Hey, that's, that's a good, that's a good video. It's one for the books for anyone that hasn't watched that. Uh, yeah. go to Ryan's channel. It's like Ryan Trahan. And what is the video called again? It's called like. Um, it, it the thumbnail i think it i think it i think it is me i think the the thumbnail and title may have been waxing his eyebrows or something yeah like all <laughs> oh, that videos because all those videos blur together for me because it was like i was producing all the different concepts and so it's like uh five different concepts per video yeah. uh and so <laughs> like i don't remember which one was that we decided to use for the title i just remember each individual yeah uh, concept yeah so which out of the videos you've done with ryan like which ones were your favorite which one did you think you had like the most fun with it you'll be remembering when you're like i don't know later in life like you're gonna be telling people about um trying to think the one that i definitely am most proud of probably it's not my favorite video that we made but the one i'm most proud of is the ice boat video uh just because i literally spent like three months making that ice boat um (laughs) And, and, and like, I had no idea if it was going to, I remember this I had like done base, I had done like basic math and I was like, well, an iceberg is like 90% of it is below the water. And so like, that means it can hold 10% of its weight above the water. So like it needs the, I, it needs to weigh this much in order for it to be able to carry Ryan. Uh, and so, uh, and then I, yeah, it was a, and I had no idea if it was going to float or not. And so we had it on a, a trailer that had like a lift thing on it, a hydraulic trailer. So we took it to the lake and just hydraulic it and it slid right in. And it was like an inch from like cracking on the bottom of the boat ramp. It was oh terrifying. Oh my yeah. God. And Ryan was in it? Uh, no, no, no. We, we dropped it in and then Ryan got in it. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how are you coming up with these ideas? I mean, like, obviously, I mean, you, you kind of told me already, but like, what is it that like you're like that comes into your mind that helps you think of these ideas? Like I, when I talk to people that about was... YouTube, they're always like, "Oh, I have a hard time coming up with like video ideas." Like, mm. I know it's hard. I'm not saying it wasn't hard for you either, because it for sure was. Yeah, that was totally Ryan. Like, I think d- during my interview with him, I mentioned that my dad owns an ice company, mm-hmm. and like a week later, he was like, "Hey, can you make an, a boat out of ice?" And I was like, "I'm trying to get this job right now, so like." <laughs> Uh, yeah i guess i can try and figure out how to make a i had to like make like a mold uh out of foam and then fill it with water and just stick it in my dad's freezer and let it freeze for like three months yeah we had to like slowly like every day go in there and add a little bit more water so it would like freeze all the way up yeah oh my god <laughs> that is that's so cool i i remember i remember watching that video I think you like, I think that was like part of the video, right? You were talking about that process a little bit or like there was something with the process. Yeah, a little bit. yeah. I tried to find, I had footage of me actually making it and I, I tried to find the footage cause I was just going to make a video about me making it. Right. Um, and I just, I cannot find the footage. I, don't oh. know, I have no idea where it went. Oh yeah. man. 
It's a yeah. bummer when you lose little snippets like that. Yeah. Yeah. Was there um was there another video that like sticks out to you that on his channel that you'd like that you had fun with or you were just like, ah, oh, that was a cool one. Or like I'm proud of it or anything like that? I mean, there's so many uh that like they all blur together for me because it was it was like it was literally like I think we were doing like two videos a week or maybe it was which one a week I can't remember but it was like on Monday he'd be like okay we're filming this this and this and so it would just be a scramble for me the rest of the week right. to figure out how to get it done um, and so I'm trying to think of like I can't think of anything like in specifically right. uh, I can think of like certain ones that like are definitely very memorable i remember the the one where we we attempted to do a tin a tin can uh phone oh, okay across yeah. across this river that was behind <laughs> ryan's house at the time um and so the idea was i had a tin can with a string attached to it and then he had one and he was going to swim across the river <laughs> and talk into the tin can and we we're going it was going to work um the problem is ryan didn't tell anybody that he's not a strong swimmer <laughs> and so like so he like legitimately got it, we talk about it in the video and like it's not fake like he got um maybe maybe 50 feet 75 feet from the other side of the river and like goes under and Haley's like i think he's drowning and i was like no i think he's just hamming it up for the camera because like it's a swim i could make like it because i i know how to float on my back mm -hmm. and i didn't realize ryan doesn't know how to float oh, on his back oh. and so yeah and so i was like i i thought he was just like hamming it up for the camera because it's ryan yeah. uh and, and he gets the other and so like he goes under and like pushes off with his feet i guess he said to get like one big push to get back up and he was luckily able to get to the other side and i had to like swim across with a kayak to get him back oh. but uh yeah it was i that was the moment where i was like okay guys <gasps> There's a new rule, which is if you don't feel safe doing something, you have to tell me. Because if someone gets injured, that's not that's not yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh man, there's there's a little bit of a risk factor going on with some of these. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what makes them so. I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it not enticing? But like that's what makes them so, like so. Like it grabs your attention when you're watching these videos because like. You know that like your heart like there's a couple of them I've watched. I can't think of specific ones where like I felt my heart racing while watching them, and I'm like, this is a good thing. This is making me want to continue watching because I hope the other person's yeah. gonna like come out okay, or I hope that like yeah. whatever. Um, like even like we were just yeah. talking about like the eye like even when I saw your eyebrows get like waxed with the car, I like wanted to see what was gonna go on after that. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think that definitely that kind of moment where it's like we're literally just like five people with a camera filming stupid stuff um and getting paid to do it right. that that moment like when when the the re most of the david dobrik stuff was heinous and like i'm not gonna justify <laughs> that but like the thing with the the tractor where he we hit um jeff Wittick's head on the oh god the, yeah on the, the backhoe oh. it was i i watched that and i was like that was dumb and like i i do not think if i was if i was in charge of that i would have ever allowed that to happen but i also fully understand how it did happen right which is like they he started as like a kid with a camera filming and like at no point at some points along the way he outgrew that but he mentally didn't realize he had outgrown that um and and didn't make the proper adjustments to have people there to say hey this this shouldn't be happening right. or we need to take the right precautions here. right um yeah oh, i know i know i it's funny as i was thinking about that too and that's oh god it's just so sad that like yeah and the whole situation the whole video i mean that's a whole other topic in itself but that whole thing is so sad um but i'm, I'm sure yeah. like like you're saying i mean like people like you see that and you know like from experience of doing stuff like when you're about to, it helps you realize like maybe when you're pushing the limits in certain cases i guess well and it's also to a certain extent like um my my job is to help get a video made for next friday right um and if there's not a video made for next friday we're in trouble and so if i'm the one on set saying 
hey guys, maybe we shouldn't do this. I'm the one that's like impeding our ability to get that video done. Right. And so there's like definitely a pressure. Um, and that's why you need someone in a, in a situation like that who doesn't have to worry about their job being at stake mm-hmm. or who doesn't have to worry about like um, the implications of them saying, hey, this isn't going to work. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. I and I'm sure that's a lot to take in and a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's because it, yeah. Well, I mean, that wasn't that wasn't necessarily like my job description right. when I was working for Ryan. Right. Safety. I was not the safety <laughs> manager. Um, but like, I did feel some obligation to like make sure that the things we're doing aren't gonna like kill somebody. Right. Right. Um, especially when I'm the one like building it or like orchestrating it. <laughs> Um, right right that makes sense so i guess going off of the going off talking about making videos with ryan um that i i'm sure helped you make videos on your channel and kind of like helped you kind of like get stuff moving with your channel as well um on top of like your own experiences too of course um so what i guess like I'm trying to think of like the best way to talk about it is because a lot of people like it's hard for people to get their own channels going like you see it all the time on YouTube people are complaining they're like I can't do this like like you and I was I think I don't know if we said this in the podcast or when we were briefing ahead of time but like you and I both had that same experience where it's like hard to get in front of the camera because we're like behind the scenes people and it takes a while like for sure I didn't get in it wasn't until quarantine that I was comfortable being in front of a camera like if it weren't for mm-hmm. quarantine, you and I would not be doing this right now. Like, I yeah. would be yeah. too scared. But, like, I just started making TikTok videos during quarantine. And for some reason, that helped me. Like, and I feel fine in front of a camera now. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. The weird thing is, the, the the weirdest thing is, uh, uh, kind of sidetracking yeah. here. I, you're not in my contacts or anything. But, like, your TikTok, one of your TikToks has shown up on my For You page. Whoa. Yeah. No way. I have no idea how. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah. Maybe because I had, yeah. was it one that hit, I had one hit a million views. Maybe that's why. I'm sure that was, was it, it. Was I holding I like a Walmart board in my hand? I do. I honestly don't remember. That was, it might have been that. Uh, that one like hit, it hit like Australia too. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to your question though. Um, I think um, I, I'm pretty knowledgeable in the youtube space Mm -hmm. and i for a for a person that doesn't have a very big channel i'm knowledgeable in the youtube space uh like i don't want to be no no you are you are i would agree with that um but but and so i recognize that i had some momentum from working for ryan and i had i had a i think i had twelve thousand followers on instagram at that time uh and so i i recognized that uh if i wanted to start a channel the hardest part is the first thousand or so subscribers. Um, And so I knew that it was the time to do it. And so I just started. And I think uh, one thing people don't recognize is that the YouTube algorithm. So, so it, it, it did help me to have the initial, thousand or so subscribers obviously because it it gives you the on every video it gives you the initial view count 100 100 200 views right um but the the counter to that that a lot of people don't recognize and i would almost caution people against the idea of just getting subscribers wherever you can Uh um is that the youtube algorithm looks at your subscribers and based on that determines who to recommend your videos to And so my videos are not necessarily videos that are going to do super well with Ryan's demographic. I I don't think. Um, And so, and so it's taken a while for the YouTube algorithm at the, in the beginning I was playing into like, I want to cater to the audience I had with Ryan. Uh, and, and I think I switched at some point because I realized it just wasn't sustainable for me. Um, and the YouTube algorithm has taken a while to adjust i think it's starting to i think it it's finally um kind of pushing me in the right direction uh but that's why i don't like promoting my videos on like reddit and stuff 
because unless you're really careful about where you're promoting your videos, like my my um, vending machine video, right. if I were to, I I promoted that on several vending machine uh, oh. <laughs> groups, um, and the issue with that is then all of a sudden I can look at that video and see which videos it was most recommended under, right. and like one of them was like. Um, like a vending, like a fancy vending machine in Japan, and then the other, which makes sense, but also it's not really like the proper placement. I don't think for my videos because yeah. I'm not, I'm like, I'm like a maker channel. I'm not a vending machine. <laughs> uh, like and and the <laughs> and the uh, other one it was recommended under was like how Japan uh, beat Korea in a war or something like that. It was like a, and I was like, I don't know what that has to do with my video, but like cool i guess um oh, that's so, weird. And so it's definitely i'm trying to work on creating content that clumps me with channels that make content similar right. to mine and so what that what i think i'm i've come down to now is like i'm trying to intentionally make i'm going to like uh like mark rober's channel i'm looking at his videos and i'm looking how can i make videos that will get recommended to mark rober's audience right. and so like for example he did a video uh, it's also how I'm, I'm trying to start coming up with concepts, which is like I go to a channel that's done really well. I look at their most viewed videos and I look at their concepts and their thumbnails and I say, how can I do this but in my own Right. Way? And so like Mark Rober, for example, had a really viral video where he dropped 200 um, wallets around in different cities around the country to test, to test what the most honest city in the country was in terms of like who will return it to right. him. Uh, and... Uh, the thumbnail was like him with like a stack of wallets. And so I was like, okay, how can I replicate that? And so I am, I spent all day yesterday and today compiling a list of, I, I, I'm sending, I'm doing a video where the concept is sending letters to 200 random addresses across the country. Um, and, uh, the thumbnail was going to be very similar to his, which is like a stack of letters. Um, uh, cause, and like, I got like yellow envelopes. They pop more, but, um, but, uh, and so that's kind of the direction I'm, I'm going in. Uh, and then like looking at what information I can gain off that in terms of like, I'm making sure that the demographic, the demographic breakdown is even enough to where like I'm hitting, uh, areas that are throughout the whole economic spectrum. And then also, uh, in each city that I go to, I'm doing two, I have, I have a hundred different cities that I've chosen mm-hmm. And then within each city, I make sure that one house looks like it has like a kid, like a like a kid living there. Right. So like a basketball hoop out front, or like oh, a, a trampoline or smart. something. And then and then the other one looks like it's probably like an older person, so that I have some kind of like even uh, distribution of different demographics. Uh, and so that's kind of uh, I don't know how I got here, but that yeah. with this, where I, uh, where the conversation went. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now, which is. Uh, focusing more so on oh grouping. Yeah. I'm trying to group group audiences that are interested in my content. Uh, that right, way. right. Yeah. So you're not so you can be done with the uh, vending machine audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where I can make a vending machine video, but it gets pushed to uh, the audience I want it to be pushed to. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a good idea. I really like that. That's really smart thinking of you. Because like, if you think about it, like Mark Rober. When he posts his squirrel, uh, his his squirrel maze video that he made, uh, it's not like that video got pushed to like the parks and wildlife uh, <laughs> audience. Like it got it it got pushed to an audience that YouTube knew would be interested in it. Right. Uh, once they clicked on right. it. Right. And so that's kind of that's kind of what I'm trying. That's to smart. Do. And I think like clicks and views and like watch time are like all big things on YouTube too. And like. It's yeah. so much to think of too, because like, I like so I've had YouTube for like ten years, but I've like actively used it for like probably like five or six, um, and I've only had a couple of videos. Like I have one that has like five thousand views on it, another one that has like four thousand. I've had a couple do well, but it's like a lot of it too comes from like the the thumbnail and like the clickbait and like the title, and I think that's one thing I see you yeah. like really excelling in right now. Like you're when I look at your videos. And I look at the thumbnail. They're very like clickable. You have like capital letters in a lot of them, and they're very like uh, attention grabbing. And that part's so yeah. so hard. And like, I don't know. Like when I work on that stuff on my channel, I struggle with it because like 
and hearing from what you're telling me right now of like gearing towards like what other people are doing so it can group it to a different audience i think that's where i'm like falling short but um yeah i guess how, how does your process go with like thumbnails and like attention time and because it is such a hit or miss thing it's so stressful yeah so uh, i mean i think my main issue is my is my uh watch time like i have really good retention mm-hmm. i have most of my videos are between 60 and 70 percent retention well, that's good uh which is which is pretty good um i think i can do better but i also think that what that means is i just need to make my videos longer mm-hmm. because i'm getting the retention but the the length is the issue um, and so if I want to get the watch time necessary for YouTube to recommend it, uh, I need to, uh, make the videos longer, mm-hmm. which is hard for me because I'm not like the type of person that's just like casually talking to my camera. Mm-hmm. Like everything I do is scripted and like really tight cuts. Um, and so, uh, lengthening that is, is definitely gonna be harder. But I think also, um, so my, I am attempting right now to figure out how to use youtube ads to test video concepts Mm -hmm. so um it's not working yet like i haven't quite figured it out uh, because there's not really any correlation but i've been attempting to run ads on i have fake uh videos that are uh unlisted on my channel that i run ads Mm -hmm. on uh with with the thumbnail and titles of the videos i've already made oh uh so i can that way i can try and find some kind of correlation Mm -hmm in terms of like if i can target it to the right audience um i can look at like click through rate on ads so the idea would be eventually i'll be able to say uh i want to make a video i want to make my sending letters to 200 houses video right uh and i can make an ad running run an ad with that thumbnail and title and see the click through mm-hmm. rate on that um and if the click through rate is high enough compared to my other videos um I could say, yeah, that's a val- that's a viable concept. And then even after that, I can then use the ads to test uh, different thumbnails and titles so that when I'm done with the video and ready to publish it, I like know this thumbnail and title is going to be the most successful. Oh. But I, I, it's it hasn't started working yet. I'm I I I interesting. My I think the issue is I'm targeting too broad an audience. I need to. F- maybe maybe just like target. You can target specific creators' audiences. Yeah, you can. So maybe like. So maybe just like target like Mark Rober's audience mm-hmm. or something, uh, and see among Mark Rober's audience how does this concept perform? Yeah. Uh, but that's that's kind of uh, what I'm trying to do right now. It's it's like I said, not working, but hopefully. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like to like the average person, it might sound a little bit complicated, like all that being said. But I feel like everything that we're talking about, or like that you're talking about, at least, is like the right thing. Like that's the stuff that people need to know to like make it happen Mm -hmm. it's like it's kind of it's like a lot of work it's definitely not something to just dive into um well i i look at people like mr beast and mark rober uh and the way that they are so successful is analytics yeah like they they i know for a fact ryan was uh friends with with mr beast and yeah i remember that i i heard um that like Mark Rober does the like ad testing. Like he tests absolutely. I think I think he does ad testing. He tests like absolutely everything. Wow. Uh, and that's why that's why all of his videos go so viral is because he has figured out how to like test concepts uh, to make sure that they will. Uh, and Mr. Beast similarly uh, has a model of like the reason all Mr. Beast videos are so similar is because he's looked at the analytics and he recognizes if I've made a video of me giving a million dollars if you make this basketball game. Yeah. Why, and it worked. Why would I change it? Right. And so he says, how can I make another video that's almost identical in concept but it's different enough to where it, it warrants another video? Right. Uh, and so, like, it's a lot of, like, playing the game, and it's something I haven't been doing. Like, all my videos are, like, less than five mm-hmm. minutes, five minutes in length, uh, and, like, that's just never going to work. And so I need to just start playing the game and... and uh, bowing down to the youtube overlords. <laughs> well it sounds like you're doing that with this letters video that you have coming up which yeah if, when yeah. does that when's that video drop oh no, no I, idea. I i i'm still in the pro it's i'm still in the process of uh select i have like tw- uh, 20 cities left to go through and find homes oh in. my god uh and then once i'm done with that i'm gonna send them out hopefully tomorrow uh and then probably I don't know how much time I have to give until they can give them back. So maybe like 
the idea is like hopefully the the idea is to see how many people respond to the letters. I'm putting self-addressed envelopes inside. So it's uh, so cool. I guess maybe maybe like a month until I'll give them like a month to respond, and after that, yeah. That's so cool. I'm so excited for that video. <laughs> this cons- yeah. My Go other ahead. thought. My other thought is potentially to uh, make like a Facebook group and try and get all the 200 letter people to like join the Facebook. Oh, group. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, oh my yeah. God. You should do something like on like TikTok for that. Even I feel like it would be like, yeah, kinda cool. Um, yeah, but holy cow. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So aside from like logistics, I'm sure like uh, I'm sure that probably helps people that are like trying to do YouTube. Um and aside from, like, logistics, so, like, what has been, like, your favorite? I asked you this earlier with Ryan's channel, but uh, on your channel, which video did you, like, enjoy the most? The one that I think, the one that I felt was, like, the most relatable and I felt was funny. I think I, like, it might have been the video that I commented on, maybe not, but it was that, the like, making the perfect Tinder profile video, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. I think yeah. that one on your channel, that, that was so funny. That, that one had me laughing yeah. all over the place. That one... I really like that one. Honestly, I think the ones that I personally like the most are, like I said, the ones where I'm, like, making stuff. Because, like, I think when I was working for Ryan, a lot of what I did was, like, uh, building and, and, and I mean, not a lot of what I did, but a, a chunk of what I did was, like, I made a giant seesaw or, like, I <laughs> figured out how to make insert thing. Right. Uh, and so I think I think that being able to uh, explore that maker more direction. is something I'm definitely yeah definitely interested in, uh, and I'm definitely trying to figure out how to make the videos not just like a montage of me making stuff right. like they are now. Right. But I think I mean I think the vending machine one is one I'm pretty proud of just because that's the biggest project I've ever done. Um, I think the the motorcycle sidecar that I made that for was my dog. Sick. I really like. I like the vending machine um, one too. That was really cool. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, holy cow! So wait, do you want? Would you mind like taking me through one of those videos, like the, like the vending? I guess we, we can't. We sort of, sort of already talked about, it, but like, how did? What was like a? I guess like what did you have to go through to like make that video? Or, like, what did it take out of you? Mm-hmm. So, I want to say it was like two or three months ago. Mm-hmm. Was like. Uh, I decided I was going to make a video where the idea was like, I make a vending machine that sells insert thing that shouldn't be in a vending machine. Right. And then, and then like put it somewhere in public. (laughs) And, uh, and it's at some point I just like, so I, I, that week like went out and bought a, a 60s Coke machine from some guy in Dallas. I had to drive like three and a half hours to get it. (laughs) um each like each way uh and so i um i got it and it worked except for like the mechanism didn't quite work and so i spent like two weeks on and off like tinkering with that until i eventually gave up on the coin mechanism and just installed a button uh but the um and so i had it sitting at my dad's warehouse and i still could not think of what i wanted to put in Mm -hmm. it and at some point, I was just like, okay, I need to make a video out of it. And I like the, I think that champagne was interesting because I like the juxtaposition of like a, a grungy vending yeah. machine with like classy, classy champagne. And so I think that's kind of why I went in that direction. Sure. And also like the, the, the Kendall Jenner, uh, or I guess it's Kylie Jenner uh, vending machine was like a good like segue into the video. Right. Uh, and so, so that was kind of my thought process on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's, that's smart. And I think it obviously you're having fun with it too i think that's another thing that's important with Mm -hmm. youtube is like you clearly as maker thing is something you're interested in clearly and so i think it shows through most in your videos too because i've seen videos where people Mm -hmm. like are doing stuff just for clicks but they're not having fun and it shines right through their video you you see it you know it and like i'll i'll be the first to say it i'll admit i've done videos like that before where i've like made it and then i've like sat back like three days later and i'm like well shouldn't have made that video (laughs) yeah like yeah it's a weird thing yeah i think the counter to that is is all i agree that you should have fun when you're making videos i think the counter to that is i don't want to see people's beach vacations yeah yeah i don't i don't care i don't care that like it's 
uh, cleaning my closet while listening to music. <laughs> like, it, if you if you have an audience and you're making content where it's literally just you, like this is my day I'm living, and your day is like going to the bank and like <laughs> it, and being cute while you do yeah. it. Like it's it's just such a disservice to your audience, yeah. and it's almost insulting to your audience that it's that that like uh like. Get, have a point to your video or like have do something uh put some effort some into it and sometimes that sometimes and so like i agree you should have fun while you're making videos but like i see what you're find saying. a way to have fun have fun and make like actual content uh interest something that's actually interesting and not just like you doing whatever you want right you know? right i see what you're saying so it's like not you're not having fun because you're having fun you're having fun because it's like something you're enjoying as opposed to just like doing something yeah. for fun in your regular life. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. so it, like, so I wouldn't just make a video of me being, all right, I'm going outside on my skateboard. All right. Rolling down the street. Well, like, no, but, no, but I think there, I think there's content there. It's just like, find, find the hook. The hook, Exactly. Like if it, if, if the video is like, I'm going skateboarding, what's the hook? Right. So maybe the video is, I'm trying to learn this new trick. Today. Yeah. Uh, can I can I learn this new trick by the end of yeah. the day? Or uh, I'm trying to try and uh, skateboard across my town. Can I yeah. do, um, have some kind of hook? Yeah, to it? dude. I'll have to like at some point we'll have to like hop in another call at some point. I'll have to like get to you'll have to like toss me ideas and like we'll have to talk ideas at some point. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. Uh, I'm like at a I don't know. Does this this is another thing else I want to talk to you about? So th- I've heard a lot of other big creators, including Ryan. He made a whole video about it um there's like a slump you hit when you're like a creator on youtube where like you just for whatever reason you don't like you lose i don't know what it is like you lose track or you lose like this like drive Mm. that you have to make videos and you're like do people even like this anymore is this like the right direction like it happens to all of us like i've i watch curtis i've heard curtis talk about it like um what what is that what has that been like for you have you experienced that I have. I think it's definitely more uh, prevalent in uh, like smaller creators, and definitely in creators that are like 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 Curtis, mm-hmm. uh, who just films in his room without like a team mm-hmm. around him. Um, I like. I was. I think that, and that's why as I grow, I want to like potentially build out a team around mm-hmm. me because you listen. Like I was listening to a. Uh, I want to say it was a clip from Impulsive. Uh, where like Mr. Beast like called Mike in the middle of it or something, um, or maybe it was no, maybe it was just uh, it was just Mr. Beast's uh, episode of Impulsive. But he was talking about how like he doesn't have creator burnout because the way he looks at it is like creator burnout occurs when you just don't want to do things, right? Uh, or like uh, like you're tired of like having to come up with concepts every single day or like you're tired of like uh, having to film every single day and so his solution is like if you i identify the things and obviously this doesn't work for small channels but identify the things that you don't want to do and just pay someone to do it for you like if you're a if you're a a large creator who like has burnout because you can't come up with video ideas Mm -hmm hire uh, when i was working for ryan which we took this idea from mr beast you have a team of of people who every morning uh you wake up and in your inbox you have a spreadsheet of 50 ideas from from uh from like four different people Uh, and then you pay them you pay them like a little bit and then you pay them bonuses based on like if you use their video concepts or not um and so, like... That's so cool. Uh, yeah. And I think that, like, the reason, like, 50 or 30 is, like, a, a important number to hit is because, like... And this is a, a good point, brainstorming in general, is, like, the first 10 ideas anybody has are garbage. It's once you get past those first 10 ideas that they're good. And Say so, no like, more. <laughs> you set, like, a high list. You have people whose job it is just sit around all day and, like, think of ideas and, like... Uh, and then you just wake up in the morning and read them all. And a lot of times when I was working for Ryan, uh, we did this for a while. We stopped doing it eventually, but I would be reading through them and I would think to myself, I don't, I don't like this video idea, but it made me think of this other video. Right. Right. And so like, I, I think the way to avoid burnout is it 
obviously at our level, it's not doable, but like as you grow, just hire out. Like you don't, if you, if you don't want to have to do cleanup after videos, pay someone to come do cleanup. After right. Videos. Absolutely. Like there's so many, there's so many creators that don't want to reinvest in their channel, uh, and don't want to, uh, large creators who don't want to reinvest in their channel. Uh, and I think that's in the end why you have so many cr large creators that have burnout. Like yeah. That. Oh yeah. That's, I didn't even see, I didn't even know that idea thing was a, that's a really good way around it, I guess for people mm -hmm. like that's, that's a great solution to it. Um, and I is it did do you know did Ryan end up do you do you remember what video I'm talking about? It was like during quarantine or something, where he was like I don't know what direction to go with my channel. It was like him sitting in his room. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember what, you remember that video? That was I want to say that was like the week after I left maybe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I know I know I know which one you're talking about. It was I think um. Trying to remember exactly kind of what all led up to that uh oh i think it was in in the wake of the um the like video that guy made that like exp like exposed oh them or that's whatever. right that's what it was that's what it was i want to say it was in the wake yeah. of that and they were already in the in the process of like stepping back and and adjusting their channels right. like i they were they were trying to do um they had just bought a house in fredericksburg that they were remodeling mm -hmm. Uh, and they were going to make a series out of that. And, um, right. And so I think, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There. I think it's a similar, I think it's a similar deal, which is like, he, I, I can't speak for him. So yeah, I don't you know, you don't need to get into any details if you don't yeah. think that's too much. Yeah. But I think it's a similar thing, which is like, you get, you, it's exhausting having to come up with videos day after day after day, mm -hmm. especially if those videos are not necessarily, uh, true to you as a person right right um, and i think i think that may have been a a, a part of yeah it. and i think the like well, i guess the reason i bring it up is because it goes to show like on his channel now he's obviously killing it he was doing those like make ones what was it like turning one cent into like a thousand or whatever he was like he out of that came this whole series of all these videos that he's making now and he's found yeah. a whole new path and he's made something so cool out of it and I, I bring it up mm. as, like, a, it's cool that people can come out of that rut and do such cool things from it. It's not, mm -hmm. like, always the worst thing. I think that um, what you see happening more and more is, like, first of all, I think that a lot of these creators that are, like, I'm burnt out, I have to leave the platform, a lot of them uh, are, like, OG creators. Mm. And so they're people who grew up on the platform and have an audience not necessarily because they are making good content right. but just because they were there before anyone else was uh and so they're now in an ecosystem where like people are like you know what grace helbig's content is just not that good. yeah yeah uh, like there's there's better stuff out there and nothing against grace yeah. helbig like she seems like a very lovely person mm -hmm. but like she's just an example right of like uh, there's a lot of creators who were kind of grandfathered in and Mr. Beast and Mark Rober and Ryan and a lot of people came along and said, if you guys are going to be complacent and not innovate and not grow, then we're going to, we're going to do it for you and we're going to crush you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And, and like there are creators who, who have been able to adapt. And so like before his whole scandal, like Shane Dawson is a great example mm -hmm. of someone who was an OG creator who gained his popularity because he was just one of the very few people on the app. Uh, and he, for a long time, was, like, not getting views at yeah. all. Yeah. But it's about it's about constantly uh, reinventing yourself. And re if eventually everybody's channel is going to die, and the question is, how do you pivot? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think that uh, the test of a good YouTuber is someone who cannot have one good idea but can can – pivot to multiple good ideas throughout yeah the and i think that points like to ryan like with what we saw mm -hmm. happen i think that's really cool um yeah and it's it's cool it's really cool to hear like i don't know it's just it's really cool just to hear like all your experiences with like youtube and with ryan and like your creator and how your mindset works and all that it's just like it's just it's really nice because i think again like this goes just as a loose thing being said around it, but like being a creator is like a, you're in the arts and it's like this yeah. hard thing. It's not, not a path that everybody takes.
Um, cause yeah. it's hard, like you were saying earlier, it's hard to monetize on YouTube and it's it takes a while. It takes like sponsors. It takes like the right ideas, it takes views, it takes engagement, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff to count on how much you're going to make and like w- what, yeah. what's going to evolve it and testing and all that. Um, so it's, it's really cool yeah. that you're taking the dive <laughs> into yeah. the YouTube planet. I definitely, I definitely see it as like three like three four years like i don't expect my channel to overnight be at a million subscribers Mm -hmm. um like i i am willing to go three years and and still not be at a place where i'm sustainable uh because i know that it's like a the slow growth is what allows you to build a sustainable youtube channel over over uh, a really long time yeah Uh, yeah and the YouTube algorithm, uh, when I was talking to Serena, she made this, uh, she made this video. It was like, it was a, uh, what are they, what are they called? It was a, uh, oh God, I'm in lots of terms, but it was like a, her version of like the very, really good podcast, but it was like a, um, it, it was like a play off of it basically. Um, mm-hmm. but she said she made that video and it was on her channel and like nothing happened of it. I think she, I don't remember the time she said. I think it was like two weeks or three weeks or like just nothing happened of it. And it was like it chilled yeah. at the views. And all of a sudden one day the algorithm was just like boom, and it just caught it and it yeah. rode the wave and it got like thirty two thousand views. Um, and yeah. part and part of it too was that Curtis mentioned that video on the podcast, and he talked mm-hmm. about it. So that brought in another handful. But I know she said that like the algorithm like picked it up too. And I think that can be something that can happen with like your videos, for example. Where like as soon as it yeah. hits that audience you're talking about, you can just boom and you can start riding that wave from there. Yeah, I think it's also a matter of like if my very first video went viral, that would have been cool. <laughs> but also I think it would have kind of sucked because of the fact that I didn't have anything on my channel at that right. point. And so like if a video goes viral on a channel that's completely unpopulated, like no one's going to subscribe to that mm-hmm. channel. Like the way that... I, I know that I need to populate my channel with quality content. Yeah. And that way, when I do have a video that goes viral, there's stuff for people to to look at mm-hmm. and to say, determine, oh, this is somebody I want to follow. Uh, yeah. And so that's kind of the way I look at yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good outlook on it, honestly. Um, I think we all need to be thinking like that for, <laughs> for YouTube. Because, yeah. um, again, like you were saying, it's a, it's a tough thing. And... There's so mm. many, so, so, so many logistics. I'm sure there's, like, I'm sure you and I could probably sit here for, like, eight hours straight, like, talking more logistics on, like, mm-hmm. YouTube. There's just, there's so much to it. Um, yeah. But I guess, like, I don't know. I feel like that's, like, a pretty good, like, pretty good note to leave off on for the podcast. Yeah. Is there any, like, do you have, I guess we sort of already went over a lot of advice, but if there was, like, one final thing you could tell someone that's, like, I guess starting a YouTuber has had one for a while that's trying to get their little kick. What would be that little like elevator pitch you'd give to them? Um, I would say that like, don't like, don't look at like Emma Chamberlain or David Dobrik and be like, I'm going to make that kind of content. Mm -hmm. Cause I can guarantee you, it's not going to work for you because mm-hmm. you're because you're not Emma Chamberlain and you're not David <laughs> Dobrik. Like, just make as much stuff as you can and be, constantly be trying new things. And like, eventually, you'll figure out your style. Like, I'm still trying to figure out my style and what my channel mm-hmm. is. Uh, and it's best to figure that out while you, while you're small because mm-hmm. if once you grow, it's a lot harder to change directions right right yeah and i think that i think that's great advice if you're listening freaking write that down (laughs) uh (laughs) put that record yourself saying it in your phone save that somewhere (laughs) it's uh it's a great advice um but yeah man dude thanks again i appreciate you hopping on the pod it's fun fun having you on here man i uh I appreciate you having yeah i just uh, i messaged you on instagram i think we talked on youtube and i was like I don't know if he'll be down. I kind of just like threw a look out. You're like, yeah, I'm down. I was like, cool. I'm glad he's yeah. glad he's down. And I, I appreciate the grind that you're on with YouTube. So I was like, yeah. Carter's a cool dude and I'm sure he'll be down with the podcast. So it's nice, yeah. nice to have you on here and have people listening. And hopefully they 
people learn stuff from it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I don't pretend to be an expert. So <laughs> well, <if> you... <laughs> everything I said could be completely wrong. <laughs> I don't know. If we wake up tomorrow, there's just articles disproving everything we've said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people do the exact opposite of what I say and they like blow up. I don't know. Pretend you are David Dobrik. <laughs> yeah, they're making like one second long videos. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, uh, <laughs> that's a good note to end her on. But thanks again, man. Appreciate right. you yeah, appreciate hopping it. on. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Well, I kind of forgot to record an outro. So here's the outro. Uh, if you're new here, thanks for listening. Appreciate you watching if you made it to the end or even if you just watch halfway through and enjoyed the conversation i really appreciate it uh feel free to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on youtube or maybe hit the follow button if you're listening on spotify um really appreciate anyone who listens to this um this is all still kind of a new thing for me so been having lots of fun on it and hopefully you're having fun too but uh, without further ado, thanks again for listening, and stay tuned. I try to post weekly or bi-weekly, so uh, let me know if you want to hop on or have a friend that wants to hop on. I'm open to recommendations, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you in the next episode. All right, bye-bye. <laughs>